0: This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a Radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. It is I, Jason and Fora, with my main man, Brian Baldinger. We are ready to start dissecting what we've seen through the first wave of free agency. Blink and it's over. It's, it's already over before the league year technically starts. And we also, at the end of this podcast, will talk a little bit about about uh, the the second and third wave of free agency, which is where smart teams really um, make their hay and where you get a lot more bang for your buck. Um, As always, please rate, review, give us feedback wherever you get your podcast goodness. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere, and as always, the radio.com app. And in this episode, we will certainly give you the very latest on what's going on with the various potential quarterback trades. As always, Baldy will have insight on that. We will touch on Tampa Bay's potentially historic offseason as they keep the band back together. Tom Brady's old team, the New England Patriots, who have a whole new band in town. We'll see how that works out. I have some trepidation. Uh, What the heck are the Raiders going to do at offensive line? Because right now they don't have one we'll talk about the chiefs and their offensive line as well and nobody knows football nobody knows the offensive line in particular like my main man baldy baldy how are you doing brother and and happy uh league year yeah. or start opening of the league year league year day number 1 whatever the hell we want to call it
1: happy happy yeah i'm good i'm good jason it's been it's been like for all of us it's been an unbelievably a busy time Uh, You you know, you're you're preparing for the draft. You're you're looking at this free agent, you know, and free agency in a world where the cap has been reduced by, you know, a considerable amount of money. Um, And so that factored into a lot of release of a lot of good players throughout the league. Uh, And then meanwhile, I've been taping a new season of film sessions. So we sat down Kurt Warner, myself with Jalen Ramsey and Darren Waller and Fred Warner and J.C. Treader and Terry McCallen and awesome. McLaren and others. And it was, you know, I, I'll just say this to all the people listening. When you talk football with Jalen Ramsey or J.C. Treader or Terry McLaren or Fred Warner, you realize how smart you have to be mm. in order to be an elite player in this league. And when they describe the game and teach the game to you, guys like Kurt Warner and myself who have been around this game our whole lives, and have a tremendous amount of respect for when we keep learning about the game, that's awesome. Uh, it's great. The, the game is in a lot of good hands and I know a certain amount of very small percentage of players, um, you know, kind of give the league a bad name and teams a bad name sometimes, but the guys I just mentioned and others that we talked to, I mean, you're blown away by just how smart they are. And so it was great. I mean, it was, it has been a good two days, long days, but you know, I feel like, the, uh, the, these players are incredibly intelligent and they keep sort of evolving with the game that keeps evolving. And then, you know, the evolution of the game, it shows up in free agency and mm-hmm. how teams build teams. Um, you know, and just because you spend a lot of money in free agency doesn't ensure anything, <laughs> No, nope. We, we nope. sort of caution all everybody every year about, you know, yep. these teams that win the off season mm-hmm. and where are they in the postseason. You know, it doesn't always translate. It doesn't always translate.
0: Well, no one's made a bigger splash in that regard than the New England Patriots. You have associates and friends in that organization. I do as well. For years, they would sit back and laugh at everybody who's, oh, my Mm -hmm. God, they just gave $15 million to a $10 million-a-year player. Oh, well, we we have a medical fail on that guy, and they just paid him more than he's worth. You know, they, they sat on their perch, which they earned, and they scoffed at the people who tried to win, you know, March 15th. Well, you know, we heard Bill Belichick bemoan in an interview with his buddy Charlie Weiss last year that, well, we're in cap hell and we're in cash hell right now. And, you know, but but we'll, we'll watch what we do. And, and Baldy, they're spending a lot. They're spending a lot across a lot of positions. I don't know that they're getting... um generational players by any stretch. I mean, they're getting good players. I, I don't. They're getting certainly upgrades over the complete lackluster group of skill position players they had a year ago. But Baldy, I, I still look at him and say I'm not sure about quarterback. I'm not sure about offensive line. Um, I'm not sure about who's getting to the quarterback on the other side of the ball. I'm not sure about depth of the D-line. And I know they have the draft picks as well. Bill Belichick, the GM, has not done Bill Belichick, the coach, a whole lot of favors in recent years. And I do have some red flags about what they're doing.
1: I, I'm with you, Jason. I mean, I looked at – you know, let's just start with the tight ends, okay? I mean, they had no tight ends last year. I mean, there was nobody that could catch the ball. No, sir. Run route. So, I mean, they, they literally – and for a team that always put a premium, you know, on yes, tight ends. I mean, they were the first ones to ever draft two tight ends in the same draft and, and elevate their team to a whole new level with Gronk and another guy I won't mention, but you know, look, I, I like Hunter Henry, but the injury history is real. And so, I mean, he certainly upgrades the position. So we'll start with Hunter and Janu Smith. I've noticed since he was at Florida international, I like Janu Smith, but I'm not putting him in any sort of elite company here. Um, It upgrades the position, but you spend a lot of money. there. Yep. All right. The, you know, the, to trade back for Trent Brown, um, you know, I, I mean. Availability, he, right? Availability is I the mean, best ability. Look, if he pulls a calf muscle, that's the world's largest calf. Yeah. You know, it's it's like David in the museum in, you know, in Florence. I mean, it's the biggest calf. So <laughs> it takes a long time to heal, which basically took the whole season last year. And, and that's been and, – and so he was a good left tackle for Bill when – they had Tom Brady and the ball came out in less than two seconds. You know, he's not the best if you got to hold the ball. So, well, you know, they want to run the ball okay with Cam and with their backs. I, you know, Davin Ga- Godshaw, um, you know, you give Henry Anderson a $7 million deal. Like, he was a rotational player with the Jets. Like, he, I don't know if he started Henry Anderson. Like, he – Matt Junon is a nice player. He's a talented player. But is he a result of the scheme that uh, that Wink ran in Baltimore? Like, I don't know if he's Zadarius Smith and can just go out and win one-on-ones. Like, I, I don't yeah, really see that. that. And you go through the receivers. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was awful in Philadelphia, rebounded with the Raiders last year, no doubt, had an upgrade. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, I mean – He looks like he's just been a guy in San Francisco. I mean, they give all these guys, and they bring Cam back in a one-year deal. So, uh, you know, can they put this all together in a year and get value for all the guys amongst others that they signed and say that they're going to go compete with Buffalo right now?
0: Well, and and Baldy, I'm old enough to remember 10 months ago when we're in a generational receiver draft, and he doesn't have any receivers to speak of. Right, and it's not a good tight end draft, and he's drafted two tight ends, and now, right. th- not, 10 months later, he's throwing fifty million dollars over the next two years at two tight ends, and like again, if anybody else did it, we'd be like, um, homeboy's going to get himself fired, and we know he's this guy can't be fired, but that doesn't mean it's smart business.
1: No, I mean you would think that if you spent your two third round picks last year, you know on. David Oziasi and like I don't know if in Dalton King like that's going to be you're going to develop those guys into becoming starters and now you just paid all this money to two more tight ends because what? Because the other guys can't play? I mean, I know that Oziasi is is basically a blocking Locker. tight end a right guy. I mean, he's just a blocker. But I mean, you're going to spend all it's just I don't know it, it it seems like they're chasing you know good money after bad money that kind of thing in a lot of these different positions. And so in a draft that had 35 receivers last year, drafted 35, like an all time high. And they don't take any wide receivers last year. And then they go into free agency with Aguilar, who's on his third team in three years now. yeah, Yeah. And Kendrick Bourne, who, you know, they both, they had receivers that were injured last year and missed a lot of time. um, Starting with Debo Samuel. And he doesn't really elevate the passing game at all. I, I mean, I, I think he can run pretty good, but I don't know. Like, I, I, just, I just don't yeah, see a yeah. lot of these signings impacting a team right now. And they're an upgrade over what they had. But, uh, you know, you you got to show me that. Is Nelson Aguilar going to be your number one wide receiver?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of work to be done there. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Tom Brady's current ball club, the <laughs> Lombardi Trophy winning Tampa Bay Bucks. As we speak right now, uh, Antonio Brown and Indomitian are still on the street. I suspect by the time people actually listen to this podcast product, at least one of them is back in Tampa. I would not be shocked if they kept both. Uh, for those scoring at home, Gronk, he's back. Levante David, he's back. Shaq Barrett, he's back. There was some rumblings that they might have to cut Ryan Jensen or someone else from their offensive line for cap space. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godwin, he's back. Uh, Baldy, did I miss anybody? Oh yeah, and Brady got an extension.
1: Yeah, Brady gets the extension. So, how in the world? Like when I saw, like at the start of you know this tampering period on Sunday, we, we did a show at the NFL Network, and I'm looking at Tampa with a negative seven million dollars to spend, and and I'm I'm looking at it, and okay, you get Brady to come back. We knew that was going to happen. Okay, that's that's understandable. All right, but then you get Levante David, who would have had massive interest yep. on the open market because of the type of player, durability, um, everything that he does. But they get him back. They get Shaq Barrett back. They keep Shaq Barrett and JPP together. And look, like the Levante David deal to me doesn't look all that complicated, to be honest with you. No. I mean, they extend them and then they 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 prorate it over five years. Three years are voidable. Yes. So that they can keep his, you know, his cap number at a very reasonable rate. Same thing with Shaq Barrett. Like it doesn't, like I know Greenberg and Davidson there, they're, you know, they're cap people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're getting a lot of credit, and rightfully so. But they they got all these things done. Like, like. but I think they, I mean, Bruce Arians said to these guys, back at the parade, you guys aren't going anywhere. You're staying right here. So to me, look, you have to pay the freight. The, the money's going to come due. But if I'm Tampa, I'm loading up for a run at it again. You got the quarterback, you, you know, you've got an, an elite receiving core, you yep. franchise tag Godwin, like make a run. Why wouldn't you make a run? Yep. Like keep keep as many of those guys. And I'm sure that, you know, Gronk, I mean, he'd play for, you know, a cup of coffee right now, just have as much fun as he had. He doesn't spend any money anyways. No. So like to me, like, if they get Antonio Brown back, whether they do or don't doesn't matter. Right. You know, If they get Big Lenny back, that's great, but they'll go sign James White or somebody. I mean, you know, I, they're in great shape.
0: What fans get too caught up in, Baldy, and I try to educate them in my columns and, and on my radio show in no. here, cash rules cap. This is a soft cap. They want you to believe it's hard. Because that's an easy out for the teams that don't want to spend, oh, our hands were tied. I mean, we just blah, 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 We got all this dead cap. You could go 30, 40 million over the cap with a little bit of tweaks to your contract structuring. And if the owner is committed to keep giving guys money in the present, that is due in the future. And yeah. this is another example of it. The New Orleans Saints, now they had to let a few guys go, but they were on paper at one point sixty five million over the cap. Baldy, they still franchised a guy, right? They still kept the quarterback they wanted to keep.
1: Um, they were the last team, Jason. They were the very last team, uh, the most negative amount of money. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's a little – it fluxes a little bit depending on, you know, what day, who you listen to. But, I mean, they were the 32nd-ranked team when it came to available money – for free agency, and they still—I mean, look—we knew Drew Brees was going to retire, right? But like, they—they've got the core of their team yep. together.
0: Period. Yep. It comes down to the commitment of ownership, and I—I yeah. I think people need to—to to keep their eyes on the ball because that—that salary cap thing, they can fuck—you know—they can fudge that a whole different bunch of different ways. They can—it's like a game of three-card monty. They—you can say a whole bunch of stuff, and it's all true, but it doesn't change the fact that if your owner is willing to, to spend way over the cap. And, and, and people yeah. are going to be back in the stands. And that stuff bodes well. And one more thing on the Bucks before we move on. The way all those things are structured is they're all two-year commitments. So yeah. if the cap goes crazy in a positive way in 2023, and that everyone you talk to on either side of the ledger, league office, or NFLPA believe you know knock wood barring f- another yeah, pandemic. You're get
1: an extra that's game. where we're headed.
0: Yes, the extra game, the TV money starts kicking in. They'll be dipping into the gambling sponsorships much more by then. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have some teams in the position to start putting brick and mortar uh, sports wagering sites in their stadiums. That's so right. the, just you know, don't 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 cry for me, Argentina. These guys are all going to be fine, and there's plenty of money for them to spend if they want to spend it. Um, with that in mind, Baldy, we'll we'll go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, no offensive line to speak of on their depth chart as of a week ago. If you looked at 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 you know who they had under contract, um, yeah. you would have said, my God, if they had to play a football game today, you know they they have like Wisniewski and nothing else. Um, now Tardif comes back from uh you know he yeah. he will be back on the active roster. Yeah, they, they drafted that.
1: Lucas Niang. Yep. The third round last year, didn't play, opted out because of COVID. But well, I know Lucas. I mean, I do TCU games. Mm-hmm. Like, TCU's had – they had four starting offensive linemen in the Super Bowls three years in a row. So, I mean, they've been – there's been a pipeline of guys coming out of there. Joe Boom and, you know, Big V. And, I mean, you go yeah. through a list of guys that have been coming out. Like, this guy, I'm not saying he's going to be the starting right tackle, but he might be the starting right tackle. You know, you got a great coach in Andy Heck. Um, But yes, they went out and signed Joe Tooney to a monster, monster contract. Um, and Baldy, they were trying;
0: they tried like hell to get Trent Williams too. I, I can just tell you. I mean, they weren't willing to eventually give him, you know, fifty-six million dollars in the first two years of the deal. But they were in deep.
1: Well, look, I, they saw what you know what Tampa did, you know, to can to them in the Super Bowl, and they saw Patrick Mahomes running for his life every time he dropped back. And they just weren't going to have that anymore. And so I think Tooney really helps them a lot. They did They did sign Kyle Long, which is an interesting yes. sign. Yes. Because, he, you know, he just wanted out of Chicago. Yes. And, uh, and he wanted his body to heal up. I saw him at the Super Bowl last year. He looked like he was 260 pounds. Yes. Now, I don't know if he can get back up to 310 or whatever. Um, I may see him here this off season. I kind of know one place where he might go do some training, but I mean, you might get a healthy Kyle long in there um, that could help anybody out. He, he could play tackle. He played tackle in college. If you need that, Uh, he's got the length and the size to do all that stuff. Uh, And so look, and I don't know that Mitchell Schwartz or Eric Fisher are complete. Like, I think they had to cut him to get under the cap. Yep. Um, but I think they'll monitor those guys you know health and recovery from injuries and like you know, I don't think that's a complete foregone conclusion that they never wear a chief uniform again. Agreed. Um
0: with Kyle he w- I did work with him at CBS Sports Network. Now I was remote. I wasn't in studio, but we would talk before and after segments. Um he looked more like a blocking tight end to me the last time I saw him than – um a, a road grader on the inside, but I know he was yeah. working his tail off and um, he's committed to this thing. And I, I, I have a feeling that's going to work out uh, just fine. And from what I'm hearing, I think Eric Fisher is probably gone, but um, Mitchell Schwartz, there's a, there, the doctors feel like by August he could be in a position where he's feeling good. The back isn't as much of a concern um, again if, if things heal the way they the, the doctors think. And so he could have a decision to make, you know, in August. Do I, do I want to go to camp with these guys? Do I feel good enough to play? Um, if he does, I think it's Kansas City or bust. I don't think he'd go yeah. anywhere else. And they still – Mike Remmers is still out there as we speak. They could bring Remmers back as insurance and a swing guy as well. So I, I think they will be in, in pretty good shape up front. Um, but, again, that's a team that didn't have a lot of cap space, and they found a way to give a guard $50 million in the first two years. Why? because the owner is willing to give a guard $50 million and then over the first two years. And then all the numbers come down with the, the fake gears on the back end. So you can prorate that money out yeah. and, and get the cap number down.
1: Um, I know what Andy Reid thinks though, Jason. Yeah. Like Andy Reid always wants, he's always, I mean, going back to his earliest days in Philadelphia, when he brought a bunch of offensive linemen in his first year, like he needs one dog up front. One guy that sets the tempo every day in practice, whether it's, you know, just kind of lighting somebody up on the defensive side, um, coming out of that tunnel at Arrowhead. One guy that's going to lead the charge. And, you know, that's – I mean, Joe Dooney's going to line up. He started 90 straight games, Jason. Yeah. He doesn't miss games. And, you know, he's he's the consummate pro. I, I mean, he can play any position in the offensive line. But, to me, you just plug and play him right where he's been at left guard and keep the front of that offensive line, you know, flat, so that Mahomes can step up and make those, you know, throws that entertains the entire world.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that that'll be um I, I think they've probably checked a lot of boxes there in Kansas City, and they'll be drafting offensive linemen as well. Yeah. Right in that division, though. Um in Vegas on paper last year, and, and when Trent Brown was available. I mean, you know better than me, Baldy, but uh, a lot of guys who would have graded out very well at their offensive line position um, from left tackle to right tackle, again, when their best five were there, which I get it. It, it wasn't all the time. You know, Gabe Jackson's gone for, uh, you know, a, a, a bottle of champagne. Um, they did get a three for Rodney Hudson, but still that that's a guy who's um, one of the very best at what he does. They, they were able to bring Incognito back. Um, Trent Brown gets traded for two bottles of champagne. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh boy, Baldy. And that's a team that has a ton of holes still on the defensive side of the ball. They haven't done really anything of note except for bringing in Yannick Ngakwe for what amounts to a one-year $13 million deal after he was effectively benched the final month of the season by the Ravens and barely played one of every three snaps. I, I wonder... How long Mike Mayock is for there? Uh, I wonder about how they get back to even where they were on paper last year from a roster standpoint, because they also haven't drafted very well.
1: No, it is. uh, It's a head scratcher. It's just a head scratcher. Uh, The strength of this team over the last two years. And I know Trent Brown was out and Richie Incognito, you know, had issues, whatever. Um, You know, they've had some injuries, but to rebuild an offensive line in an offseason is probably the hardest thing to do in all of sports. And the strength of this whole team was when those five were healthy and Josh Jacobs was running. And then the play action and what Waller can do and what Ruggs might be able to do. I mean, they were a legitimate top 10 offense last year, even with the injury to Trent Brown for much of the season. Uh, Denzel Good played well. They had different guys in there, Scott Young. But this is a complete rebuilding project. Now I think they like Andre James and you know and, and maybe they, you know, maybe he's a future at center for Rodney Hudson. So they're like, okay, let's make the move now. But until they do it, um, I know the way I broke them down in a bunch of my breakdowns two years ago when Josh Jacobs was a rookie and they Ripped like good defense, like the Bears apart, yes. right in the trenches. I mean, they just like they just they just took teams apart, and it was fun to watch. And they were really good at it. I I can't for the life of me imagine how they're going to redo this offensive line like this this off season. And then I, I just I don't know what tape Mike's watching to give Solomon Thomas mm. like a deal up to five million dollars. I mean, they couldn't get him on the field no. in San Francisco even with all the injuries. He never had a position. Um, I I never like I know he was the was he the second pick in the draft. Jason, yeah, the yeah, pick. yeah. So he was definitely it, top top three. Yeah. So like I, he never ever came close to that ever. No. And like you're and you're gonna give you know Quentin Jefferson and Yannick Agakwe was on three teams in in a yeah. year last year and wasn't productive anywhere. No. I, I, you know, and they're, they're they're looking for pass rushers, and I'm okay. You're going to line up Solomon Thomas and, you know, and, Max, and Max
0: Crosby, he'll try his ass off. He's not going to get you know, home. He's
1: going to grow all-effort guy. But I, they just they can't put a defense together, and they just keep shuffling players. And I don't know that they're getting any better up front. Can you tell me where Solomon Thomas is going to play? I, he, he can't brother, play. Brother, I
0: don't, I don't get it. I, he can I don't. play
1: inside, Jay. When you have, you know, a healthy Nick Boza, I mean, he makes everybody better. Right, but you right. put, you know, uh, you know, some of the guys, Eric Armstead, whatever, you know, put right. those guys up there. You can put Solomon in there and let him joke, try his ass off. But like he, he, he wasn't. He, Kerry Hyder was such a much better player. Yes, that's the guy I would have. Oh, you took the
0: words out of my mouth. That if I was signing someone from them, I'd yes. go sign Kerry Heider.
1: If I'm watching any 49er film. Number, you know, Hyder jumps off the page at me way before Solomon Thomas does. So, I, like, I don't know. The Raiders just – they don't look like they got better on paper. And they've been doing this now. This is the fourth straight year in yes. a row they've done this. Fourth year in a row.
0: And the uh, perfect transition, the other thing they did, Baldy, by systematically dismantling their offensive line is they were one of the four teams that Russell Wilson was hot for. Okay. Um, but checking in with his camp now, No. <laughs> no not with you know a nice to, he's been a, going through that in seattle like why does yeah, he want to go yeah no that? i mean they got a nice left tackle there you know what i mean miller they drafted a few years ago and everything else is a question mark so uh unless john gruden on the fly here sometimes you know between now and the draft puts together an offensive line russell wilson and his no trade clause won't uh, i can assure you won't have interest in las vegas um But Russell Wilson is someone who, obviously, the Bears made a run at. A lot of other Mm -hmm. teams made calls on. Um, Could he be dealt? Sure. Uh, It's looking less and less likely, Baldy, just because the Cowboys have done their thing with Dak Prescott, as Mm -hmm. expected. The Saints, as much as we hailed them for the moves that they've made to get where they are, bringing in Russell Wilson right now is probably a bridge too far. Um, and the Bears struck out and ended up signing Dalton instead. And as I just told you, the other of his four teams, um, the Raiders are are, are frankly not on his list right now because of the way that roster looks. Um, But I don't think he's going to finish his career in Seattle by a long shot, Baldy, nor do I think Deshaun Watson is going to finish his career in Houston. And I do continue to believe that Deshaun Watson will be dealt uh, by the draft.
1: I do too. I think Deshaun Watson, my, my guess, I mean, I'm sure that there's more than one team, but I know Carolina, David Tepper, yep. you know, has been on record um, for a while now saying the importance of the quarterback position um, and what that role has to be. He, I mean, he came out and said in all or nothing on uh, Amazon yeah. two years ago that I need a general manager, a coach, and a quarterback. Well, they take Scott fitter Fitter the general manager, Matt Rule at coach, and they're not looking for a stopgap quarterback. Um, you know, they're looking for the face of that organization for a long time to come. And I think, there. I mean, I don't know what the compensation begins at. I just yeah. know this: that if I'm the powers that be in Houston, I'm Cal McNair. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Nick Casario. I'm David Cully, I know I'm huddling up. I'm doing a proverbial huddle here, and I'm going, look, Deshaun Watson has one of the great years that we've seen any quarterback have in recent history, and they won four stinking games. And so yeah. – and, and they don't have a first or second-round pick because they gave those away, yep. a couple of players, to help them get to four wins this year. So the holes are so vast. The rebuilding job is so like, – I can't imagine – turning that thing around in two years and that's really the time frame for almost any team in this league right now they're more than two years away and I'm saying if you get if you can get four first round picks if you or, or some combination like sure. that and players like don't you have to do the deal
0: I, I agree baldy I think someone will make them an offer they can't refuse um, I, I would continue to put Carolina atop that list. Uh, I would not rule the Philadelphia Eagles out either. They are exploring their options there. They are watching that closely, keeping tabs on the situation. Um, And they'll be prepared to pounce with four of the first 85 picks in this draft. Plus, we saw when they traded up for Carson Wentz, you know, they they gave up, what, three first rounders as part of a deal to move up a few spots to take Wentz.
1: So future ones. They had two trades. They went from 13 to 8 and 8 to 2. Right back in 2016 to get that done. Right. So
0: they are willing to be creative. They are willing to think outside the box. They don't have the cheap, young, impactful players still on their rookie deal like Carolina does with a Jeremy Chin or a Brian yeah. Burns, who who would be very attractive to um, a rookie GM and Nick Casario. The Eagles don't have that kind of talent. But the Eagles also wouldn't be – they would try to find if, – if there was somebody else who Houston wanted – Unlike Chicago, who didn't get creative in their pitch for for Russell Wilson, I don't think Howie Roseman's again. Oh, you want that player? Okay, I'm going to go get that player, and then I'll be able to include that player in my pitch to get your quarterback. Um, I would certainly keep an eye on them, um, the New England Patriots as well. Baldy, mm. he has more draft capital than he's had in a long time. Yeah. Obviously, Bill Belichick and Nick Casario know each other very well. They've already completed some trades, albeit you know minor. Um, but they've been involved in some transactions. Uh, the Cam Newton thing doesn't uh, doesn't preclude it? anything, no. Okay. It's a three three $3.5 million real commitment. Yeah. Um, so that's another situation that I would keep a very close eye on. Um, and San Francisco as well. I think they're going to have a harder time putting together the kind of packages that those other teams could. They don't have the draft capital. Um, they're not picking as high as some of those other teams. They're not uh, – But if they wanted to include some of their young talent in it and kind of rob Peter to pay Paul, and they obviously have some some pretty good players on that defense still, uh, you know, I would just say you're dealing with some of the more forward-thinking front offices slash owners in those that that various pool of of potential suitors. You're right. You're right for for Watson, and I do think somebody will put something on the table that Casario could take to the owner and say. Or really, I shouldn't say because probably Jack Easterby can take to the owner and say, Boss, here's here's why we gotta do this.
1: Well, there's one other quarterback out there that may influence some of this, Jason, and that's Sam Darnold. Because mm-hmm. the Jets really have done a very good job of not showing their hand in what they might do. They just they they spent pretty freely on a couple of players in free agency, which they needed. Uh you can't argue, I mean Corey Davis had his best year ever in Tennessee. Yep. Uh, you could never really say, okay, Corey Davis with Marcus Mariota. Um, you know, that wasn't really fair because they just couldn't throw the ball. Right. Well enough. right. But he did have a good year this year. And I love Carl Lawson. Mm-hmm. I thought he was one of the top five free agents in this thing. So I, I, I respect what Joe Douglas has started. He has said, and you know Joe well, he has said that just because they had a lot of money to spend, they weren't just going to go – have a spending spree spend right, just no right, They were going to be uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit cautious yeah. about how they spent their money. They didn't want to get caught up in a lot of bad contracts like what Joe inherited. Yes. But there is Sam Darnold out there. And really, you know, when I look at Joe Douglas, uh, Jason, I, I look at a guy that has been in two different organizations that have won Super Bowls on rookie quarterback contract deals. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco and Carson Wentz. Yep. And there is tremendous value in getting a quarterback in the first round and having five years to build around. Now you got to get the right guy. You got to get the right guy to build around, but they did it with Flacco, they did it with Carson. And you can you just have so much more ability to build a team around that quarterback on a rookie deal where you're not committing, you know, 20% or 25% of your cap to one player. So to me, that's Something I know Joe is thinking about. I'm not, you know, spilling any beans here or anything like that. Right. But it, it just makes sense. And so is Sam Darnold available for one of these teams that might think about, can I upgrade with a guy that might be able to do it? He gets a solid incomplete for me over three years because of everything that he's had to deal with. But he might be as good as anybody in this draft if, you know, if you put him in the right situation. No, I agree with you completely.
0: Um, I, I can tell you that the intel that I'm picking up, um, including conversations with numerous teams who pick high in this draft and mm-hmm. um, several teams who themselves are very much in the market to take quarterbacks. Uh, there is a growing consensus among those GMs that the kid from BYU is going to the Jets at number two. Um, yeah. They're starting to slot him in there. They're, they're, they're the, what they're gathering. Um tells them that that's, you know, as they try to start shoring up the boards ahead of where they pick, uh, I hear uh, that kid at two and Miami at three is very open to trading out. And I think ultimately will trade out. They want to, they don't want to drop down too far though. They want to, I don't see them dropping past 10 or 12 because they want to be able to get one of the top, either the LSU kid or the two Alabama receivers. They want to mm-hmm. be able to come away with one of those receivers wherever yeah. they drop down. Um. But I, I think Sam Darnold will be elsewhere. Um, there will be a market for him, um, no doubt about that. I'm with you there, completely. Before we move on to our final topic, you know, one last thing, Jason. One last thing yeah. about this,
1: you know Washington signed you know Magic for his ninth team, yeah, and you know obviously if you swing and miss on Dwayne Haskins at fifteen, the 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 problem never goes away. You still need your franchise quarterback, right. but to me it was one of the best signings of all the free agency to me. And here's what I'm thinking that like they're building a beast on defense. William Jackson can right. come in and play better with that pass rush. William Jackson could be a pro bowl corner. Yes. He's long. He's fast. He's talented. Um, and he's with a defense that knows how to put a defense together. Yes. But my point is to me, this rush to get your quarterback is, is not the way necessarily to go. Like Washington is gradually upgrading their talent everywhere. And so, especially on defense. And so, by next year, they may be in a position to go make a move to go get the quarterback, you know, because the team around whoever they put in there is just going to be so solid and so well coached. And I think that's really where teams are missing out right now. Just keep building your team. I mean, we didn't know it. But Tampa was a ready-made built team. We knew they had talent, but we didn't really understand could the secondary really round itself out. We knew Devin White was a good player, but that front, the receivers, the way the they just needed the guy, in Tom Brady to put it all together. So now I understand there's only one of those guys. But sure, to me, that's if I'm a GM, I'm building my team, and if I get the quarterback, if the time is right, I'll take him. But even like Joe Douglas, like just keep building the team. Keep building and getting better at every position. And when the quarterback is ready, either he arrives or it'll be time to play some showtime.
0: Well, and look, I could tell you everything Washington's done, it does not take them out of the quarterback market in this in this draft whatsoever. I know yeah. they have three there now, but they they'll cut Kyle Allen or whatever if they draft yeah. one. And we know Fitzy is great with young quarterbacks and helping them get their feet under them and whatever. So whether it's Lance or whether it's Jones, if somebody's there on the board for them, that makes sense. Nothing they've done will stop them um, from making that move. I'm, I'm with you entirely baldy. I like what they're doing. I had one more thing I wanted to ask you about yeah. and you, you, you got me there yet again. Um, so thank you for the easy transition. In the last five minutes you've mentioned Carl Lawson and William Jackson. They are previously employed by the Cincinnati Bengals, who have $50 million in cap space, who have a first overall pick who looked like a world beater, who they got killed because they didn't protect them. They went five wide, empty set all the time, without an offensive line, without great blocking tight ends, and he was getting beat like a pinata every week, and nothing seemed to change, and then unfortunately, he got hurt. They had a franchise tag, Baldy, for... You could have put it on a corner for around 15 million bucks. You could yeah. have put it on your emerging pass rusher for around 15 million bucks. They went cheap. They didn't do it. They did, They thought Lawson was maybe a $13 million player. Carl Lawson got $30 million guaranteed in the first two years of a, of a deal, yeah. as many people thought he might. Yeah. William Jackson, depending how you want to slice it, either he or Shaq Griffin was the highest paid corner in this class we can I don't I don't want to get into all the minutiae of the contracts but he did he did really well um they kept neither of them I know they bring in Trey Hendrickson who I like boy he had a nice season he also played on a dominant defense on a fast track and a division where everybody you know but two teams really stunk um He's a There's try-hard a guy, right?
1: Comparison between Carl he, he, and he's and not a He's
0: not the developed pass rusher that Lawson is, right? He's a speed guy. If you yeah. scheme it up for him and he can come in. To me, he's like Ngakwe. If everything goes right and he can clean up the scraps on a really good defensive line, he'll pick up his sacks. Uh, that ain't Cincinnati. Uh, they gave him $16 million effectively for one year, but wouldn't put the tag on Lawson at fifteen. How the hell does that make sense? They 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 lose Jackson and then they bring in you know Mike Hilton a nice corner but he's not going to win for you on the outside you're not going to put him against somebody else's best receiver and think
1: you have a shot you know he can blitz he he does some things maybe different they better than Jackson better. but Look, you want to get better in march in free agency and you you know when you when you bring those two in to replace the players that you decided not to keep like you didn't get you got poor at each position your defense didn't get better and they stunk to begin with. They had all this money, just signed your own players, and start addressing the offensive line, which they didn't do. And you know, and start building around your quarterback, but keep your elite players. To me, the teams feed off the Cincinnati Bengals and the Detroit Lions, and the teams just don't know how to do anything yeah. right, and they t- they just keep plucking their good players. And in essence, Cincinnati is a farm it's a form team. It's a farm system for all these other teams. Joe Douglas's Jets got better with Carl Lawson. They've been looking for a pass rusher. They've got one. I mean, you, I compare him to Shaq Barrett when he left uh, Denver to go to Tampa. Like, this guy is going to be up there with 15 sacks or more. And you just can count on him. But he's a bigger, stronger Shaq Barrett. And so, he was coming out of Auburn. He's a rocked-up kid. Um, like, he, and he wants to be good. And he's got an array of moves to beat you. Like, that's a good signing by the Chess. But to, for the Bengals not to recognize that and not keep their own as they try to build around Joe Burrow, who's learned so much. Like I, I don't,
0: you know. And, it blows my mind. They drafted him. He played well. He blew his knee out. They they pay him to rehab. He comes back. The last eight weeks of the season, if you look at any advanced metrics, his pressure per drop back. And, Baldy. He was the only dude in the front seven you had to worry. Like, block him and we're okay, right? Yeah. Uh, Reader Reader never played. He got hurt. Mike Daniels never played. Uh, Atkins was a shell of his former self. They traded Dunlap, and then he looked good in Seattle. And then it's like one dude, and he, yeah. he was wrecking it.
1: Well, he he, he was – you know, if you look just look at quarterback hits, I mean, only T.J. Watt had more quarterback hits last year than Carl Lawson. And so, I mean, I don't get don't it. Any metric. I don't care about the number of sacks. I mean, that guy consistently right. crushes a pocket, consistently. And if you look at some of the tackles that he beat, I mean, uh, he beat, you know, Alejandro Villanueva so bad. He beat Jason Peters so bad. I mean, he was a one man wrecking crew in a bunch of those games.
0: Yeah. Anyway, just had to get that off my chest. I'm glad there's yeah. some patacall on that. I, I don't, <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I can't figure that out. I don't understand. It. I don't I know, like, know how you look at your own. Like, these teams are. They recognize my, you know, whether you're Tampa, you know, I mean, some of these teams, they just recognize we got to look, we don't, let's just take care of our own, right. Let's just, you know, sign our own guys and make sure that we don't let them leave because they're good players. We drafted them and they've dealt, we developed them. And now they're good players. Let's keep them.
0: Strange, strange doings. Yeah. Um,
1: well, Baldy, there, there is still
0: value to be had before we go here. This is when a lot of teams do some of their best work. Like we're, we're talking about, Belichick and all the money he spent. I can remember a couple years ago where three, four days into free agency, he signs Lawrence Guy from Baltimore. Lawrence Guy's been his best defensive lineman since he brought him in. Um, you know, this is where they would find guys like Van Noy the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, either through trade or, or still on the street and people don't know exactly what he is. Uh I I think that this is where, you know, some very good teams might find a guy or two to put him over the top without sacrificing their cap
1: yeah no i look i mean i, I mentioned Kerry Hyder. you know i mean you, like nick boza goes down Kerry Hyder had an unbelievable season and he played a high volume of plays uh he led the 49ers in sacks quarterback hits pressures tackle for losses every category he was and he plays all effort and he's always been that guy coming out of texas tech like he's out there and you don't like i i said like I called him a bargain-free agent. I didn't want to diminish his value. I mean, he's going to be a rotational player someplace, and you're going to get great value for him. And if you lose a starter like the 49ers did, and Nick Bosa, nobody's going to be Nick Bosa in his right. But you've got a, a, a really good, solid player that you could count on every week. So like those kind of players, to me, are out there, and they're not going to you know get big signing bonuses or anything. But when you line up on you know the weekend after Labor Day next year, Like they're going to help you win football games.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, by the time we uh, commence again to talk some football, I am sure there are several of these second and third wave of free agent signings that we're going to want to highlight because there is uh, still value out there. And at this point, um, Baldy is a former player. You know, it's it's take it or leave it time, right? It's here's look. Here's yeah, your 20 million. 20. Here's your two million. If you don't want it, we're gonna to go to somebody else at your position group and and, and they're gonna take it.
1: Well, here's the thing, Jason. Like as a guy, like I was involved with limited free agency. It was just getting started when I played. But I filed it since nineteen ninety three when you know Reggie White, you know, mm-hmm. got big money to and go to Green Bay, whatever. Like, you know, for a lot of these guys, and you just look at the guys that just got cut um and released this week, whether it's Kevin Zeitler or whatever, I mean it was great signing by Baltimore to me. Yes but, yeah. You know, you could price yourself out of this business real fast. And it's great. Like, that's what the signing bonus is all about. Okay, you put the money in the way and you're you're set for a long time. But, you know, for a lot of these guys that want to, you know, instead of playing seven years, have a chance to play 12, just keep yourself priced in the business, you know, and stay in the league. And so, like, a lot of these secondary contracts, it might be, you know, for $2 million or whatever it is. It's good money, great money. But, like, just keep yourself employed. And don't be one of those guys that are just going to be a, a cap casually next year because you just chased the money and didn't look at the, the opportunity, the team, how the teams are built, because a lot of these teams like they're just going to be in salary cap hell because they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, you end up having to get cut. And while you got your signing bonus, you know, you're on the street. And then you're playing for, you know, a lot less money, just trying to get a job. And I think some guys look at The money is great if you can get it. I'm not going to ever tell somebody to forego that. But sometimes you got to look a little bit more than just the money.
0: I'm with you, Baldy. I am with you. Well, this has been the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We thank you guys, as always, for listening. You can find me uh, at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter and Baldy at BaldyNFL on Twitter. And, and again, um, continue to subscribe, follow us. Give us feedback and uh, rate, review us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we will reconvene in uh, another week or two to continue to uh, go through what will be a uh, fascinating offseason and um, eventually start previewing a little bit of the draft, which is closer than you think. Baldy, it's been a blast as always, brother. I look forward to doing
1: this again soon. Likewise, Jason. Likewise, man. Great stuff. And uh, the news just keeps on coming. (laughs) You don't have to convince me, brother.